Welcome to the Flourish Heights podcast, made for women by women. I'm your host, Valerie Adjamine, women's health dietitian and the founder of Flourish Heights. To be empowered in health starts with a true connection with your body. Together, we are breaking through topics surrounding periods, women's nutrition, body awareness, self-care, and much more. Let's flourish and be the best version of ourselves. Ladies, we are officially back. (laughs) I'm so excited. I hope you're doing fantastic. I'm so happy to be back with you. Once again, I told y'all I'll be back. I just needed a little break, but I'm here showing up as my best, most energized and most motivated self. And if you've been a loyal listener, welcome back to the Flourish Heights podcast. If you are new here, welcome to the show. I am so grateful that you are here. I'm Valerie, your host, and if you haven't already, please listen to our trailer episode to learn more about our why. We have a lot of incredible, okay, like incredible guests all year long and hot topics lined up for you. So it's it's going to be such a great, great podcast year for us. But okay, ladies, why I'm here today. We need to talk. Why is it that we always have gut problems? And I'm speaking in the most general form, but it's like a lot of my girlfriends or clients even are always talking about issues with their digestive health, whether that's bloating, constipation, nausea, gas, and everything in between. But I feel like men never really complain about this kind of stuff most times. Like, what's up with that? So I did a little research and found out that according to the American College of Gastroenterology, gastroenterology or ACG, women are more likely to experience things like chronic constipation compared to men. Women also experience irritable bowel syndrome or IBS at two to six times the rate that men do. And women with IBS tend to have trigger foods and worse symptoms than men with IBS. It's also normal for women to have diarrhea or loose stools like during, before, after their periods as well as uncomfortable bloating and nausea because food in the stomach tends to empty into the intestines more slowly in women than men. So yes, once again, we are going through it and we always go through it. It's like there's no breaks. But most of us have heard the term, quote unquote, gut health because I mean like, oh my goodness, it's it's the most trendiest, buzzy thing right now on the internet. And I feel like a lot of people don't really know what gut health actually entails, why we should be prioritizing our gut, and how to actually care for it. So today, I have a very special guest with me here to really break it down for you. This is Amanda Sasada, who is also known as the Gut Health Nutritionist on Insta, and she's the creator of The Mindful Gut, as well as a dietitian specializing in gut health. She helps individuals address their gut health and other specific issues like irritable bowel syndrome, food sensitivities, and intolerances. And I'm so pumped for you guys to learn from Amanda because she is just, she's just that good. So let's get into the episode. Hey, Amanda, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you are finally here. Thank you for having me. This should be really fun. A good talk. I'm looking forward to it. 
Yes. We need to talk about just everything <laughs> gut health related. I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's buzzy right now, but like, we know how important it is. And I know our listeners are just so excited to hear from you, the expert. Um, so first <laughs> things first, just, yeah. you know, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and why you got into this work of specializing specifically in gut health and like with nutrition and everything that you're doing. For sure. So, um, Gut health, like, was never on my radar, to be quite honest, until a lot later. Literally decided to become a dietitian because I loved food and knew I would never get tired of talking about food. And that's tell me about it, <laughs> right? I mean, you saw my background. I know they can't see right now. You guys, but... <laughs> sorry, I have to cut you off. Just let me cut you off for like one second. Amanda yeah. came in into the meeting with. I wish you guys can see her with like a pretzel <laughs> background. Oh my goodness! So like, food, food is my passion. That's really. Um, what I knew, I, I would just like never get tired of talking about how, how good food is and how fun food is. Yeah. And uh, that's how nutrition came about. So I, you know, decided to become a dietitian solely because I liked eating and then gut health came later. So after becoming a dietitian, I started working a lot in the space of intuitive eating and like mindful eating. And then gut health came after I started having like some digestive issues. Mm. And then, you know, the more I talked about it, I noticed like other family members had digestive issues. And then the more you talk about it, like just, it just like snowballs and you kind of realize how many people, like how common it is. Right. Right. You know, how common um, to have, you know, digestive concerns are. And that's how I kind of kind of got into gut health. It started with like looking at food sensitivities and even from then it's evolved. And now I've kind of combined my, my love of like mindful and intuitive eating with gut health and have mishmashed those two. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I, you know, came to, came to be here. I love it. Okay. So first we hear gut health, like being, tossed around. I feel like it's so busy nowadays, um, which yeah. I think it's, it's good that we're talking about the gut, but yeah. just for those who may not really know, maybe they heard of it. I feel like when people hear gut, they're like kombucha probiotics. So mm-hmm. like, just tell us, you know, what gut health yeah. is, what it consists of and why we should be prioritizing our gut. That's a really like excellent question because you're right. Gut health is kind of one of those terms you hear thrown, thrown around a lot. So my view of gut health is really that gut health has three components or three parts to it. The first part being digestion, which is what a lot of us kind of automatically think of, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, how you're breaking food down um, or how you're not breaking food down. Pooping would fall under that. So I talked, I've talked a lot about that on my Instagram. Uh, Me too. (laughs) (laughs) It's so insightful. uh, So much to say. Um, So that would be one part digestion. The other part of your gut is also going to look at the microbiome. So this is all that good bacteria that we have naturally living in our gut, uh, you know, and, and this is the area that is absolutely fascinating because we still don't know a lot. You know, we don't mm. truly know a lot yet about the microbiome, like which bacteria is supposed to be here and how mm. much amounts, what's, you know, the variability between person to person. Um, So it's a second area. So you have digestion, you have microbiome. And then the third area of gut health is, I think, one of the most important pieces that kind of holds it all together. And this is looking at your gut feelings, your gut instinct, and really honoring that. Because 
I've like I just had a, a Instagram live the other day uh, with a psych- psychologist, I think, mm-hmm. or yeah, I believe she's a psychologist, and um, we were talking about like the role of anxiety and gut and how mm. there's theories about like you know when you're holding emotions in when you're not speaking your truth, you could yeah. physically also be holding things in, aka constipation. So I think there needs to be a larger conversation around how powerful honoring that gut instinct is honoring those gut feelings that we do have. I love that. And I want to hear about that, like in a little bit, but just generally, why should we prioritize our gut? You, you gave us like the lowdown on, you know, what it is, what it consists of, but like, why, why does it matter? Yeah. Like why much does you care? Okay, great. Cool. (laughs) Um, but the gut is, I think like at the center of the body, Mm. it, to me, When you work on the gut, there's so many other areas that you can improve in regards to your health. So for people that feel confused on where to start or people that feel paralyzed, like, oh my God, this and this, I can do this and I can do this. Well, focusing in on the gut kind of helps you cut through that noise Mm -hmm. and allows you to be focused in on one part of the body, but this part of the body is connected to everything. So you can really do like a whole body approach when you're looking at your gut. I love that. And what is that thing that like, what is the statistic? Then they say like, was it 80% of your gut is like your your immune system, system? your immune system. Am I saying it backwards? (laughs) Yeah. So like 70 or 80%, I feel like I see both of those numbers, like 70, 80% of your immune system lives in your gut. Even immunity, like it's just fascinating, truly. And then like, when I hear, um, when we think of like other health issues, it's like, oh yeah, let's start with the gut first. And you can see mm-hmm. how it like connects with, you know, so many parts of your body. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. is, is when it comes to women's sex hormones, is there a link between, um, gut health and, and that, like, for example, um, mm-hmm. if your gut is not on point, can it lead to other, you know, yeah. women's health issues? So the area that I think with your gut connected to hormones the most obvious one that I think of is your menstrual cycle. That one is just really interesting to see how hormones fluctuate throughout your cycle, whether you're in the luteal phase or the follicular phase, you can also see connections with your gut health, like pooping for going back to pooping for for a second. Let's do it. Um, Right. Uh, You might notice like when you're, when you're on your period that your poops are looser or that you have like a, you know, maybe have a little bit more urgency than you normally would. Mm -hmm. You might notice around the time of ovulation that you might be more prone to constipation. And so this all is related to that fluctuation hormones that you see at different types, or excuse me, at different times in in that menstrual cycle. Um, So you can definitely see those connections. Another connection that I can think of too, sorry, this is going back to pooping again, but (laughs) um, uh, I was just talking to the hormone dietitian about this the other day too. Love her. All right. Yes. <laughs> I know. I was like, I know her handle. I knew her handle came to me before her name did. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was talking to Melissa about this as well and how, if you're not pooping on the regular, like if you're not, oh, yeah. daily, you know, that's important. And, and that is the form of detox. And one of the things that we're detoxing is estrogen. So like yeah. if you are constipated, you might start to see imbalances there and getting yourself pooping normally not well like regularly rather um can be really helpful for that so you do see some of these connections yeah and especially like that 
like that buildup of estrogen in the body, if you're not releasing it through, you know, through the stool, it can lead to all those issues, ladies, like the painful periods, the PMS, the the painful breast, the list goes on. Um, and, and so, yeah, I'm just so happy you mentioned that because I think a lot of, I feel like, so I can go back to like every couple of weeks, we like to share this blog post on like how to keep things regular. Like if you deal with constipation and that's always the blog that gets like the most views, (laughs) like every time we talk about constipation Mm -hmm. and like gut issues, that's always like something that everybody's like, Oh, like, what are you, what are you talking about over there? Like what's going on? Let's, you know, get, get the gems. Um, and Mm -hmm. so I think a lot of, a lot of women deal with constipation. Um, and, and so a lot of people also have like period problems and hormone problems and stuff. So I'm just happy you talked more about that because then we can really see how they're both connected and we really need to get to a point of, keeping, keeping our gut healthy, you know, making sure you're, mm-hmm. you're going regularly, all those types of things. Um, okay. So I guess specifically, what about like other issues or hormone related issues, like, um, yeah. like fibroids, PCOS, um, can optimizing gut health improve, um, symptoms? Like, do you have like a, a, a client success story that you wanted to share? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, this is kind of anecdotal of, mm-hmm. of kind of what I've seen, but you, so I, I, when I was, I had one person in particular that I was working with who had irregular periods and she didn't come to me for, for that. That wasn't like her main focus, but that was something, you know, that was on both of our minds just to keep track of. And there seemed to be an improved like regularity of them coming. Cause not only do you want to be pooping on the regular, you want to also be making sure you're like menstruating on the regular. Like you don't right. want to, you know, have these months where you're skipping or have those like, and that tends to be where you get that heavier period when you, you know, are skipping. And there seemed to be an improvement with that, with like the regularity of her period coming more consistently. Um, so I, you know, I did, I did see that. And I think, again, it's just all related to how can we improve your gut health? How can we, um, reduce inflammation within the body? Mm. And, and that seemed to be of help to her. So I think there definitely can see, you know, connections and a lot of vitamins that a healthy gut needs tend to be also very supportive for your hormones, Um, you know, one that comes to mind in particular is like vitamin A, which is, you know, part of every cell that lines your body cells, like the inside of your gut. Um, and you know, vitamin A can be really supportive for your hormones as well. So, um, and, and your skin, and that's like another area that I've seen people improve is like their skin, like clearing up. Mm. Um, and I, you know, usually you see a lot of people like breaking out around their period too. So yeah, it's, it's all kind of, you know, like a spider web. It all kind of connects in some way. So what are some signs you have a poor gut? That's a really good question. Okay. These are two things, like two pieces of advice that I would give when you definitely want to investigate further. It's two P's <laughs> persistence and pain. Mm-hmm. Those are like the biggies. And this can be applied to kind of any digestive discomfort. So I want to point out, we all get constipated occasionally. Like there's like going to be a day or two, like where you skip, no, you know, you don't poop, no big deal. Um, there's going to be days where you might notice like you're a little gassier than normal, or you feel a little bloated. Like that's mm-hmm. usually not a big deal. 
But if these are symptoms that are persistent, like they always seem to be around more often than not. And if, and, or if they also are present with pain. So like I was talking to somebody the other day who um, was ha- like having a lot of gas mm-hmm. and, and she was having issues with like passing the gas and it felt trapped, which was pretty painful for her. Mm-hmm. So those would be times where you'd want to investigate further, especially with like a doctor or gastroenterologist, and then try to see what you can also do diet wise to address any of these um, you know, issues. Okay. So how do you get to the root cause of these gut health issues? So the root cause is, is going to be very, very different person to person, how you're going to get to it. You can go through like a gut healing protocol. There's like this thing called the five R protocol to help people kind of heal their gut. Not everybody needs to go through this by the way. Okay. I, this is also a very like trendy thing, like healing Mm -hmm. the gut. Yeah. Some people truly need to heal their gut. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of us just need to improve our gut health, not mm-hmm. necessarily like heal, heal it. Yeah. But we do have this five R protocol that can help people, you know, find the root cause. Um, before I, before I talk about that, I, I kind of another thought that popped into my head that I think can be also really powerful for people to do now, even if they don't have a provider is to start creating a timeline of how things have progressed because that can be really insightful for you to take to your provider to help them you know have more information to figure out what that root cause may be so like at this point you know a year ago i started to experience this six months from now yes you know now i started to experience this like really establishing like oh a year ago i was on this course of antibiotics and nothing seemed to be the same since so that timeline can be very, very helpful for people to kind of make, connect the dots. And then you can go to a provider, a dietitian, a doctor, usually doctors aren't going to put you in a gut healing protocol. Usually this is going to be a dietitian. <laughs> like a functional type of yeah, thing. Yeah. Unless you go to like a functional, uh, a doctor, um, they can put, uh, help you go through this uh, gut healing protocol where you're going to remove things that could potentially be inflammatory or sen- you're sensitive to, um, replace things that might need to be replaced. Like maybe you need some support with digestive enzymes. Maybe you don't, uh, re So like, maybe we're going to start with probiotics, see how that goes. It really, it, it, it's this like guideline, but it's a loose guideline because there's so much individuality when it comes to root causes mm-hmm. for your gut. It really takes a personalized approach, which is why like a functional doctor, a uh, functional dietitian would be the ideal person to see. Are there any specific like specialty tests that can determine like what your yeah. gut, gut looks like and what you, where you kind of go from there? Yeah. Good question. So yes, there are tests out there that you can definitely do. Um, so you can do gut, like a gut microbiome test and usually again, going back to poop, usually you can do like a stool test mm-hmm. to see, um, there's different companies out there that offer this. And it's usually through like a, a functional provider of some type, uh, that can order these tests for you. And you usually give a, a stool sample and it's not as hard as it sounds like it's, you just, it's, it's really quick, really easy. You send it on in and they can analyze that to take a look at, is there some dysbiosis, you know, is there what's dysbiosis for those listening? (laughs) Right. So it's kind of like a seesaw where you got, you know, it's one size higher than the other. And it's, that's how I picture it. But essentially what you're saying, what dysbiosis is, 
is there's a larger amount of bad bacteria than there is good bacteria. Mm. Um, so the, the balance is off. That, I think that's where I was going with the seesaw reference, <laughs> but, but yeah. the balance is off. And so this test can be insightful to see like and kind of quantify uh, which types of bacteria may be present there. Is, are they present in larger amounts than we would like to see? Um, in, again, the, none of these tests are hundred percent perfect, but it's going to be, a, it's going to be like that flashlight to help you tune in to get a, a better idea of what's going on. And they can also test too, like, is there, is there a lot of fat in the poop that shouldn't be there? Is there some issues with, uh, maldigestion? So, mm. um, definitely a stool test like that can be really helpful. Yeah. You mentioned something, um, about, um, mm-hmm. you know, specific gut issues needing to go through like that protocol versus someone who just needs to improve gut health. Yeah. Like generally tell yeah. us like, what are there, like, what are those specific gut issues that need to go mm-hmm. on a protocol or does it really just depend on like the specialty tests and like the results? And then you kind of go from there. Like, yeah. Um, questions that I would ask, uh, the person to see like, you know, where a, do you even want to, cause right. Like you, you, like you have to be ready to do it. Usually if you're going through, going to go through some, like a gut healing, there has to be a, a some motivation there. Cause it's not, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so really prioritizing what your, uh, client or what you want to do, like, that's important. What do you want to do? Um, and then, some things to think about too, conditions like IBS, so like irritable bowel syndrome, which is fairly common, especially with women, that might be a situation where you go through a gut healing protocol. This, I would say more IBS if, if the symptoms tend to like interrupt your life or they tend to get in the way of you being able to do things. Like if you're having to worry about where the bathroom is on your way home from work, because you're not sure if you're going to make it, that's a problem. Like, you know, that would be definitely a situation. Yeah. If, yeah. Like those, that persistence and pain and that can apply to kind of any condition that's going on. Mm-hmm. That would be another situation where I would steer someone towards like a gut healing protocol. Love it. Okay. Let's talk food since you love food. Yeah. I love food. Let's talk about food. Like what, or which yeah. foods can someone include to benefit their, their gut health? So I usually like to think of like PFFF. <laughs> so what is all that? Tell and us so, more. <laughs> right. Um, I think a gut friendly, gut healthy plate is built off of this. So protein, fat, fiber, fermented food. That is kind of like the magical combination that is going to be supportive, not just for like your overall gut health, but also just supportive for hormone health, supportive for a healthy metabolism. Um, that fermented food is, I think is that last F that we tend to forget about and fermented foods are going to be a food source of, of probiotics. So it's mm-hmm. going to be some bacteria for your gut. The fiber is also going to feed your gut. And then, um, that protein and fat to help keep you full, help keep you satisfied in addition to, you know, supporting your overall health. So you said P what was it repeated again? Oh, so it was like <laughs> P and then three F so protein, fat, fiber, fermented food. Are you guys, are you guys listening at protein, fat, fiber, fermented foods? Now say it three times, protein, fat, right. fiber. It's getting tongue twister. <laughs> okay. Well, since we're like, let's, okay. Like I said earlier, when people think about gut, they yeah. think about kombucha, like is kombucha really the hype? Um, I love kombucha, but it's not like the hype when it comes to probiotics. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it's this like people like to view it as like, oh, it's the cure to the the gut, mm. like getting your gut on point. It's like the end all be all of like everything. No, definitely not. It it, it isn't. Um, I not to say I don't enjoy a good glass of kombucha, um, but no, it is definitely not the end all be all. It is one of the weaker you know foods when it comes to fermentation. Ooh. So what kind of fermented foods do you, do you enjoy? You know what I've been really into lately is yogurt. I like it, but like full fat yogurt, not like the 0% yogurt, but I've been Mm -hmm. really into full fat um, and kefir. Like there's this kefir that I've been getting at the farmer's market. That's Mm -hmm. like, it's a European or something. I don't know. It's Mm -hmm. like really thick. It is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you said kefir and I'm like, I'm just remembering the one time somebody like, correct to me they're like it's oh, kefir I'm like kefir. so from that day on I'm like okay kefir I'm like so scared to say kefir. I know I you know you're right I you, so yes I is it kefir or kefir 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 mm. potato potato right. so but now I just I just always remember that moment they're like um, right where they corrected you it's kefir I'm like oh, sorry <laughs> okay you mentioned vitamin a earlier being like a supplement yeah. that can help yeah um, optimized gut are there any other supplements and what's the deal with probiotics <laughs> so oh god there's really like so many different vitamins and minerals that are going to be really helpful not just for like your gut health but also for you know just hormone health as well um some other like another vitamin that i think is a heavy hitter is vitamin d Vitamin mm. D is so unique because it's the only vitamin that can also act as a hormone. Um, oh. And so that's, I think that could be a whole conversation in of itself. And one that's above my pay grade, um, <laughs> like <laughs> vitamin D is just fascinating. And it's also one that a lot of people tend to be deficient in. Oh yeah. So I think that that's why I want to mention that because a lot of us are in, this is the one that there's really no great food sources. Your best source, right. Is going to be sunshine. And a lot of us are inside most of the day. So we're not getting that exposure. And those with like darker skin, it's harder yeah. for, for you to get that. So yeah. supplements are, you know, pretty much the way to go, but talk to your healthcare provider for your right. unique <laughs> nutritional needs. Exactly. Insert disclaimer here. <laughs> I know I just go. Cause you know, people like just they'll, they'll go for supplements more than food any day, you know? Yeah. It's easy. Right. But like I'm just gonna, I remember my grandma, like pushing Flintstone vitamins on me and I just would take it. Cause it made her feel better. Do, did it do anything? Probably not. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Stress. Can stress impact our gut in a healthy way? I think you talked about some of the mental health type Mm. of conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you said anxiety and and things. Um, There's like a link with with gut or to the gut health. Um, So can you share how stress, if so, impacts our our gut and what can someone do to kind of help improve Mm -hmm. their stress? Stress is the one that is so sneaky. Sneaky stress is is the one you want to watch out about. And like, what is sneaky stress? So it's not stress that you get used to. Like, it's like living in a pandemic and you just get used to kind of living with this like low level hum of stress. It doesn't mean that it's not, um, 
it doesn't mean that it's not there. It's just, it's like, you've just gotten used to it. And mm-hmm. so sometimes people will come and they'll tell me or, or they'll say like, oh, it feels like, you know, I've had all these digestive symptoms coming out of nowhere nothing's changed. And well, I've also been extremely stressed for the last two years of my life. Like, yeah. you know, it's your true. body kind of gets to a point where I, it keeps like trying to knock at the door louder and louder until you finally hear it. And sometimes that's the only way we can hear it. And you're like forced to slow down. Mm-hmm. So there is such a strong connection with your mind and your gut. So how you feel mentally can literally impact your gut physically and vice versa can also be said how your gut feels physically can impact you mentally because there is also research looking at how our gut microbiome can be connected to uh, mood changes like depression, anxiety. Um, we're still learning a lot about that, but we're definitely seeing some links there. So that's just another reason why you want to also take care of your, you know, your gut, your microbiome to, to uh, help with that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And, um, I guess for just anybody, like what are, what are just some mm-hmm. general tips to yeah. kind of helping improve stress? Yeah. I mean, look, of course it looks right? different on everybody. Yeah, it, it does. I think one good thing to do is to like get outside more mm-hmm. and get that like vitamin D. So like get double whammy, get, you know, getting outside and being in nature and like help helps you ground, helps you kind of center yourself, helps reconnect you again with like those gut feelings, which, which is part of your gut health, like give yourself space and quiet, you know, ness, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. Um, some other tips that can be really helpful is to like, one of my faves is to slow down when you're eating. If you are coming into your meal, like hot, you're coming in stressed you are not going to be in rest and digest mode. Like your body needs to switch to that. And in order to do that, one tip that I think can be really helpful is to sit and just take like three deep breaths, like slowly inhaling through the nose and then slowly exhaling through the mouth. This will help to shift your body because if we're stressed, blood flow isn't going to go to our digestive system and you're more likely to experience some digestive discomfort. So it's another one. It's like grounding, breathing, super helpful. I love those tips. Okay. So any other lifestyle factors that can impact the gut? And you mentioned antibiotics earlier too. Oh, and yeah, I know yeah. some medications can really throw yeah. off your, your gut balance or your gut balance. Mm-hmm. So, um, other things that could definitely impact the gut who I'm trying to think. Yeah. Like antibiotics is definitely the biggie. Uh, Oh, this is one that I'm, I I need to research more. Um, but one that I find like super intriguing is our mouth and like our mouth has its own microbiome. So like the healthiness of your mouth and like your oral care can also have effect on your gut. Like, cause digestion literally begins in the mouth. Mm. (laughs) So, um, that's an area that I don't know too, too much about just yet, but I find fascinating because it makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this was really great information, very general stuff, but I mean, this is the stuff that people want to know, like, what do I need to do about my gut? You know? And so you kind of broke it down in the easy 
to digest pun intended (laughs) away. And so I appreciate you for that. I know our listeners are really excited to kind of hear what you have or to hear what you you had shared today. So do you have any last words for our listeners just around gut health? Yeah. Okay. So I think this is one thing I always really try to tell and remind people no one's going to have your same digestion. No one's going to have your same microbiome. No one is going to have the same life experiences that you've had that have shaped your gut feelings. Therefore your gut friendly foods, your gut friendly lifestyle is going to be unique to you. You do not have to follow some cookie cutter plan that you saw on some influencers, Instagram Instagram. Mm. to drink kombucha (laughs) for days, fast for another day and then load on bone broth. Like, no, it's crazy. Listen to your coming up with this. I don't know. So listen to your body. (laughs) (laughs) It is insane. Oh my goodness. It's like the never ending, like game of being a dietitian. (laughs) Right. You can't, you can't keep up. (laughs) Yeah. I I love the, um, like the being mindful about your, your foods and taking time to chew, like chew your I can't talk today, chew through your food, like thoroughly (laughs) eating slowly, all these things, believe it or not, actually can help to promote digestion and just better absorbing, you know, those nutrients that you're, you're getting Mm -hmm. from your food. So that's like my, my favorite gut, gut health tip. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I, uh, just, I'm just so grateful that you joined us today. And this is a, I have one last question for you. And we ask this to all our special guests that come onto the flourish heights podcast. And that is how do you flourish? The one thing that I do to flourish, I've been kind of resisting doing, but it is so powerful for me is like honoring my flow. When I'm trying to like build my day around my energy. It sounds so like floofy, but like (laughs) honoring my flow has been absolutely powerful for me. It helps me like be more creative and be more productive when I'm listening to my body. That's how I flourish. I love that. I've been, I've been doing that too. Like, just like I go with how I'm feeling when I wake up, I'm, I'm never going to like push myself past my limits for the day. There and it helps so much yes. because you feel like you can actually thrive, you know, yeah. when, when you're just going along with like what, what you can do, how much you can pour into like the things that you're mm-hmm. doing for that day. I love it. That was good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, (laughs) thank thank you you so much, Amanda, for joining us today. And you guys will find all her information in the show notes. Keep up with her because she has a lot of great information that she's always sharing. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for having me. As you heard, ladies, there's just a lot to learn about when it comes to gut health. But don't worry, I'll be back to tackle yet another area of gut health with you. If you enjoyed today's episode, Do us a big favor and please leave a rating and review, especially if you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts. By doing this, it will help us reach more women around the globe, which is what we hope and wish for. Share this episode with a girlfriend. You know they need it. (laughs) Thank you once again for spending time with us today. You are incredible. I will talk to you soon. And until then, keep flourishing. 